0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Pluses and Minuses. I am your host, Micah Green, and this is the podcast where each week I watch and review a movie on Disney Plus that I have never seen, uh, working my way through alphabetically. Um, hope everybody was able to catch our last episode on Atlantis Rising, um, If you did, I'm sure it was not difficult to tell how I felt about it. If you don't know what that means, I suggest you go listen to it, because I don't want to talk about it again. And the theme continues this week, as I watched Atlantis Milo's Return the sequel to Atlantis, The Lost Empire, which in and of itself was fine. Not one of my favorites, but not the worst. But also, um... It has always made me wonder why that movie got a sequel um i i did some investigating into things just a little bit because it seemed in my memory that Atlantis was not a terribly successful movie and i was right um It it was not, you know, like a a particularly bad flop of a movie, Um, but it was just kind of lackluster in its performance. It kind of underperformed at the box office. It didn't really do what Disney thought it was going to do. It wasn't terribly, critically acclaimed, and so the fact that that kind of performance, um, spurred a sequel was always strange to me. Um, but I think I kind of get it now, because I also saw that due to its underwhelming the, the first movie's underwhelming box office performance, um, a planned spin-off TV show was canceled. Um, and so what I think happened was there had already been work done on this TV show. There had at least been, like, story outlines done. Um, for a few episodes before, uh, Disney, uh, axed the project, and so I think what they did was just, um, take a few of the episodes and smash them together and call it a movie as you will see if you have watched this movie uh but before i get too much farther into it i'm gonna hit you up with the official synopsis here uh atlantis milo's return during his initial expedition to atlantis milo thatch and company located the famous underwater city and rescued the mysterious kingdom and its people Now Milo, Kida, and their crew must leave Atlantis when trouble surfaces above water, and they discover mystifying powers at work, from the dusty deserts of the southwest to the icy heights of the Nordic Mountains. The team's newest quest, maybe could say quests, plural, uh, pits them against gigantic sea monsters, spectacular spirits, and powerful legends. In the midst of their excursion, Kida discovers the awesome power of her city's enchanted crystals and, ultimately, must decide whether it is wiser to hide the heart of Atlantis or share its light with the rest of the world. Um, yeah. So, when I read that, I was curious as to how this movie would... Uh, have scenes taking place in both the Southwest and Nordic mountains, as those seem, like, very different places. And the answer is because they were two completely different, unrelated stories. (laughs) Um, but my, my initial impressions um upon uh the beginning of this movie was number 1 the animation took a sharp decline from the first movie because it was a direct to video sequel so it was done by disney television animation and looks like a television quality cartoon and I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be a cartoon on television (laughs) and also unsurprisingly Michael J. Fox did not come back to reprise his role as Milo Thatch and that is painfully obvious just could not be more obvious it's like "Mm, yep that is uh definitely not michael j fox and can you blame him not really so this really is uh um three completely distinct stories that were lazily smashed together to try and make it a cohesive movie um so they do this by like so it starts out and milo is living with kita in atlantis and they're rebuilding the city because the first movie happened blah 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 um and then All of Milo's friends from the first movie show up in Atlantis. And they're like, hey, the professor dude has to see us. And then the professor dude's like, hmm, there's trouble. Gotta go to this one place. And I'll be honest with you. I was zoning out enough during the first segment that... I do not know where they were, (laughs) but, um, it was somewhere European with like, uh, maybe some kind of Russian-esque accent where, what was the conflict in that one? There, oh yeah, it was, there was, um this uh magical kraken thing that was like hypnotizing people and enslaving them and uh using them to kill other people that they had to go deal with um so you know of course they do and they're like oh great save the day woohoo um here's what was really getting on my nerves about this first storyline in this movie is, we all know the word Kraken to mean, um, uh, you know, to refer to the, the mythical sea creature, and that's definitely what was being depicted in this movie, um, but instead of saying Kraken, like, a normal person, every one of the characters was like, oh, no, it's the Kraken. And I was like, I... I've never heard a single person in my life say the word Kraken. And there's even a, an establishing scene at the very beginning of the movie before we even see um, Keita and Milo in Atlantis where there are people um, speaking... A different language getting terrorized. By the Kraken. And so there are subtitles on the screen. Because they decided to have them. Speak another language for no reason. And. When they're freaking out. And they're uh, freaking out about the Kraken. It's. The subtitle spells it. Like we all say Kraken. It was so stupid. It's like. You can't just decide now that it's called that it's pronounced a different way that's not how this works um but yeah so they do whatever they like blow it up and then um this city that was being terrorized by the kraken goes back to normal and everyone's happy and so then they go back to the professor dude and he's like Okay, cool. So you did that. Actually, you know what's happening now is a dude needs your help in Arizona. So they go to Arizona, and this area is being terrorized by these, like, sand coyote things. They're, like, supernatural coyotes that just, like, appear out of sand, and that's weird. And so they have to go deal with that, and they, uh, find this, like, lost civilization that had, um, like, had interactions with Atlantis in the past, and so Kida's like, oh, great, oh, here's another thing, actually, another thing that really bothered me. So Kida is the Queen of Atlantis, comes from this, like, Secret, super-advanced civilization, right? We're, there's, we're supposed to believe they were, like, super-advanced, way ahead of us. Um, had all this advanced technology. And so now she's, like, on the surface with uh, normal people for the first time. And they made her so dumb. It was like, I really don't think... Like, they're... Th- In the first segment, they're like on a boat going to deal with this Kraken thing. And she picks up the life preserver and she's like, What's this? And Milo's like, Oh, it's a life preserver. And she's like, Oh, so you wear it around your neck and it protects you? It's like, He's like, No, you throw it out to somebody who's in the water she's like, oh so it's a game and he's like, no you throw it to someone who's drowning and she's like, if they're drowning, wouldn't it be hard for them to play the game? And then Milo's like I I can't, I can't even right now and just walks away. And then later, they, they're in this like trading post in Arizona and she sees this spear that's in a glass case and she's like why would somebody put this spear behind glass? And Milo's like, it's for protection. And she's like, uh, yeah, I know. Spears are for protection. (laughs) And he's like, no, the glass case is for protection. And she's like, wouldn't the spear be better protection than a glass case? And it's like, we really didn't have to make her so stupid. I'm pretty sure that Keita would have been able to put two and two together, that in this place where people purchase things, the glass case is to prevent this thing from being stolen. Like, that just seemed really irritating and unnecessary. Um, then, you know, of course, the the greedy capitalist trading post owner is who turns out to be the bad guy, And they defeat him by, like, feeding him to the sand wolves or whatever. And then they go back, and they're like, all right, cool, so we're done, right? And then the professor's like, nah, fam, you see, while you were gone, uh, this really weird, uh, like, Norwegian dude broke in and stole this spear from me. And they're like, oh, fine, I guess we'll get it back. And so, um, to deal with this bad guy who is uh clearly using like norwegian folklore because we learn like this dude thinks that he's odin and he stole his spear to uh bring on ragnarok and all this kind of stuff which is like much rather be watching Thor Ragnarok right now, am I right? Uh, But to go fight him, they go to Iceland. And it's like, why wouldn't he be in Norway? That didn't make any sense to me. And so they go and fight him and he is like legit a crazy person. Like they get into his lair and he and like Milo confronts him and he's like no 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 i know who you are you surely must be loki and it's like okay whatever um and so they have to fight him uh they end up using a spear against him because of course the spear had some weird connection to Atlantis, so Kida gets a hold of it, and she's like, Oh, unlimited power! And uh, brings down a crazy guy who thinks he's Odin and prevents the end of the world uh, of, uh, you know, Ragnarok. And, And so that's the third and final adventure. And then they go back, and then Kida's finally like, Oh, I see now that maybe the power of Atlantis could be used for good among the humans. And so it ends with, like, um, the city of Atlantis being raised to be on the surface of Earth again. And everyone's happy. And it ends with this little girl running up to Keita and being like, What's that light? Is that a crystal? And Keita's like, mm-hmm, no, guess what? Oh, That's the sun. And then everyone's so excited because they're on the surface and blah, blah, blah. And then the movie was finally over. And I just, mm, it's not a great movie. It is definitely an unnecessary movie. The writing was terrible. Um, it was astonishing that there were six screenwriters credited on this movie. And three directors. You know I guess, you know what? I'm going to say that makes sense. They probably each took one of these 20-minute storylines that was definitely supposed to be an episode of a TV show. Um but yeah, it was just like I don't did anyone want this movie? I guess people did. It came out 2 years after the original. Um it had mostly the original cast, the most notable difference being not um, Michael J. Fox, and, like, I, like, I guess it's fine, like, if I was babysitting some little kid and they wanted to watch this, um, there are worse things that a child could want to watch, um, but I'm not gonna sit here and try to pretend that it's a good movie, because it wasn't what would have made it a good a better movie um was picking a single concept and writing a 90-minute movie not taking three ideas you had for a tv show and smashing them together, and trying to pass it off as a movie. So, as far as rating it, I don't want to be too harsh, because it's not... You know, it's not something that I would refuse to watch again. It's not something that I would choose to watch again. Um... I'm gonna give it, like uh, two minus signs, uh, like, it's definitely on that side of the scale, but it's not, like, on the extreme side of the minuses, so, that was Atlantis Milo's return, um, I don't know, if you are somebody who has always thought that there should be an Atlantis TV show, uh, then this is a great movie for you, because it's essentially three episodes of an Atlantis TV show. Um, If you are somebody who wanted a... Uh, just, like, going on another... Action-y adventure. Like the first Atlantis. Uh. I mean I guess you get three of them. But they're not great. And things. Are really convenient. In them because they have to wrap things up. In 20 minutes. Like at one point. In the final storyline. Um. Milo and everybody. Except Kida. Uh. Gets like trapped in a dungeon or whatever and then milo literally like looks out the window and he's like oh man there's only one way out of here that giant wooden door (laughs) it's like what that's the most convenient way to get out of a room oh it was so dumb oh man I don't know. I think it might be worth watching once if you've never seen it. If anything, it's got some good laughs at how ridiculous it is. (laughs) Oh man, but that's going to wrap it up for me this week. Um, Next week will be quite the episode as I am sitting down to watch James Cameron's Avatar for the first time in my life. And I'm definitely excited about it. I don't know. Maybe it'll live up to the hype. We'll see. Hopefully it does. Because I could really go for a great movie right about now. Um, but yeah. Make sure uh, that wherever you listen to the podcast, you are subscribed. Tell your friends about it. Uh, Like, and rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and I will be back next week with Avatar.